again so much. We got the Punk Doctors Box in the building. Right man yes, here, yes. and we are at the Cannabis World Congress and Business Exposition. We have Redman. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, and yes. Could you just quick, quickly tell them why you're here and what okay. message you want to? Okay, uh, I'm here representing the National Cannabis Party. Uh, in layman terms, you have the uh, Democratic Party, Republican Party, and now you have the first of its kind, FEC approved National Cannabis Party. And what we hear is about, uh, we're here for the structure of the cannabis industry. We're here to hold these politicians accountable. We're here to help the communities and the cities that's been affected by WOD war on drugs. And we're here to change the, 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 the thinking process of people mm -hmm. about social equity because that word is such a welfareish word. Yeah, like it's like the welfare word of this cannabis industry. So we want to teach people and switch that name from social equity to equity empowerment and, and educate. You have to educate yourself. You want to get in this industry. You have to educate yourself about the rules and regulations. And we want to be that umbrella. We want to bridge that gap between the people and the plant and politicians because no matter how much we want to ignore that this industry is not political, it's political like a motherfucker. It's racial like a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. It's all the elements that any other industry have. So we need, we want to be that umbrella. We're about the purpose, not the profit. We're not in competition with anyone far as, uh, far as product. We don't deal with the plant. We're not making money off the plant. We're not making money off CBD, anything. We are strictly for the purpose of this plant. And our goal one day is to put someone in the president's chair. <gasps> yes. That Red understands cannabis. <laughs> yeah, that understands cannabis. Not just anybody. They got to understand the fabric of cannabis in this industry. Yes. And we're. I'm trying to extend that same message through CannabisMomBoss.com. That's a new business that I'm launching to help empower women who, especially our mothers, who are dealing with a lot of judgment and absolutely. stigma and shout it, out to the can of moms yes Cannamoms. yes absolutely as you said that's great that's a great idea Thank what you. is it called cannabismomboss.com cannabis, cannabismomboss.com check yeah. out cannabismomboss.com yes that's right oh my gosh thank you so much Anytime, love. I appreciate oh my you. gosh this is like i manifested this i people function better when they're high Hey, baby gorgeous. Welcome to Bravo and Blaze, where we're going to get lit off all the latest happenings going on in the Bravo TV world. This is a safe and uncensored space to discuss our love for everything 420. So grab your can of goodies and let's get lit. All right, perfect. Hi, everyone. Today we have Danielle Simone Brand, cannabis journalist and author of Weed Mom, the Can of Curious Woman's Guide to Healthier Relaxation, Happier Parenting, and chilling the fuck out. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so hey, much for Jenny. being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's going to be so much fun. Oh yeah. I'm so excited for this. Um, I am, I've been following your page. I've seen your book. Um, sorry, I'm not like a book, big book reader. <laughs> I do audio. Yeah. So I, and I usually, the things that I am listening to are like business, entrepreneur leadership self-improvement like that kind of stuff um what <laughs> I've been following you along I am all about your message the weed mom I am one um can you tell us a little bit more about 
how you got started and where weed came, weed mom came from. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I love talking about this subject, obviously. I talk about it a lot. My book is called Weed Mom. And so that's basically all I talk about these days is cannabis and moms. Um, so it came about because, you know, I was a skeptic. I was not um, a cannabis lover until I was in my mid thirties and my kids were like three and six and I was just going about my life. And, um, you know, so I discovered, I discovered it as a wellness tool because I was going through a transition in my life and my career and, you know, kind of at a loss for how I was like going to be contributing into the, into the world with these little kids who needed me at the time, you know, trying to find my sense of identity, trying to recover my health after all the, you know, pregnancy and breastfeeding and not sleeping. Yes. (laughs) All that stuff that so many moms exactly are familiar Mm -hmm. with. And, you know, so I was breaking into freelance writing. I had been an academic and then I had been a yoga teacher. And then I decided that I wanted to pivot to freelance writing. And I was living in California, ended up getting some assignments about weed before I even gave a damn about it. Oh, wow. (laughs) And then as I learned and interviewed people about how much it had helped them, I was like, oh gosh, I I was missing the boat here. There's something more to this. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah. So then I just started experimenting more, you know, cautiously on my own and got on my yoga mat with like a low dose vape and, (laughs) you know, realized just how beautiful it was and how much mom could benefit. And so it was just from there that I, you know, I started learning and writing and becoming a real enthusiast and advocate. That is amazing. I just love that. I feel like so many women out there can relate to being a can mom and my journey is kind of similar. Um, I was a recreational user when I was young. I stopped when I became a, a mom for the first time. Like, I was like, no, I cannot do this. This is not part of, it's not legal at that time, you know, and I just didn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, but then I was on prescription medication. I, I have my health coach certification. I am a 200 hour hot yoga um, instructor, like I, I have a similar, like, I'm just, just looking for like, what is the best for my wellness and prescription medications were, was not my, what I wanted for my own health. And I switched, I was able to get off all my meds from microdosing with weed. And cause it was the first time I looked at it from that lens versus looking at it recreationally. And so that opened up everything for me. And luckily I'm in New York, so um, it wasn't fully legal until just recently, but I've been able to have my journey through um, this time of a lot of change in, you know, legislation and reform and everything. So it's a very exciting time for me. Um, What I started to do was I didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to break the stigma. I wanted to change our culture. I don't like, um, you know, the judgment that people have. I mean, moms, we have so, so much on our plate. I mean, you know, it's like, a never ending job, but then to have people, the other moms at school, you know, your kids, friends, moms judging you is just the last thing you absolutely need. And so that was like, what really sparked me. And then I was like, well, I have all this professional experience. I, you know, I know who I am, like, how do I do this? And so the first place I went to was Instagram 
And I noticed that um, I was shadow banned. I, I've had like three different accounts already, <laughs> but this one has been do, doing the most, my Bravo and Blaze. Um, and I got the most traction, I think. But how do people, how do you as a writer, people who are trying to use like their free digital marketing or whatever, you know, how do they start doing that without being penalized or, you know, with, all of our social media platforms. My TikTok right now, it says account warning. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It is a nonstop problem for people yeah. in this industry, for can of creators. And it's funny that you bring it up now because we're going to be talking about it this Sunday, that specific issue, you know, censorship for cannabis creators and ways around it um, on oh, Clubhouse. Good. Yeah, the Sunday um, with the Can Mom High Society. So, you know, it, the thing is, it changes all the time. And mm -hmm. so like what's okay today in terms of cannabis content is not going to be okay tomorrow. So you have to like right. stay on top of it, just like so, you know, minutely moment to moment. Um, you know, these days I'm most active on Instagram. And so I've kind of gotten a sense of what you can and can't do there, but then it's still a crapshoot, yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. Yes. But you know, don't write out the full name cannabis, don't write out the full name weed. You know, you can mm -hmm. use little symbols, obviously, you've seen that. Um, the like two smoke emojis with two plant emojis that's code but I think that's getting like flagged more too now what about weed o-u-i-d that's what I've been using <laughs> well yeah that that originated on TikTok I think um and uh I think it's it's banned there now it's banned on TikTok I think, but I could be wrong. I mean, I'm not as active on TikTok, but I've heard people say like, oh, we have to get away from that OUID now. <laughs> I literally, like, I don't even, I made all my mistakes early on with like my first couple accounts. Um, yeah. But with this account, I've been purposely not using anything cannabis related. I mean, I use like wake and bake, but <laughs> yeah. I'm even scared to use that because I'm like, I don't want to, you know, like, I'm not trying to break the rules. I literally, and it's so funny because we're seen as rule breakers, right? Cause we like weed and like, oh, it's not completely legal. And it's like, no, I actually really want to follow the law. I want to follow everyone's rules. I mean, that to me is structure. I crave and thrive off of structure. So mm -hmm. for me to be in this space, I'm just like, oh, it's so <laughs> aggravating. I'm like, just tell me what the rules are. I don't know. <laughs> that's the thing it's not clear and it changes and it seems inconsistent across you know different creators like there are some creators who can get away with blowing smoke clouds all the time and bongs and you know pictures of all sorts of weed related things and some people who just cannot and like they get flagged right away I've been deleted my account has been deleted and also individuals you know have a lot of power like if somebody doesn't like you or your message they yeah. can support you that's awful. Yep. Even um, non-weed accounts, like Bravo accounts, they get reported by people when, like, if I say I like a certain housewife and somebody doesn't like it, they'll report accounts for that. And so, like, even <laughs> it's happened to so many of, you know, my peers that I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so out of control. It really, it really is. I, I don't get it. I mean, not you, to get too political, but like, there's so much crap that flies, like no problem, you know? I know. I know. Do you watch um, Bravo at all, by the way? Oh, I'm not. It's okay if you don't. I, <laughs> I'm not offended at all. And I don't work for them. So in fact, I think they don't like me because of my 
Bravo and Blaze, like sure, whatever. Like they actually, that Bravo is what helped me, I think, in entering the industry because I was able to find something that I love already that's not related to cannabis, but I was able to use that in a way to bring it back to what my values are, what my mission is. For anyone who's, you know, trying to enter the cannabis industry, I mean, do you have any advice for them? How do we do that? If let's say I'm not a writer, but I, I don't know, love horses. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like there's with the cannabis industry becoming more legal and we're going through this period of change. I see from an entrepreneur lens, so many opportunities. Like I just see it endlessly and I'm, that's what gets me excited about this. I mean, that's secondary. The first thing that, you know, drives me is my passion for it, my own story, how it affected me, what I see with social injustice. I mean, there's so many reasons, but do you have any advice for people who are trying to enter the cannabis industry? Gosh, I mean, so it really depends on what area they're looking to enter in, right? There's, you know, obviously directly plant touching, as we say, and then there's, you know, all the sort of information industry around it. And there's Mm -hmm. ancillary products, people have product based businesses that aren't, you know, cannabis per se, but are like, you know, accessories or lock boxes or, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty smoking things for women, that sort of thing. So it just, there are so many possibilities. I think that, you know, like you were saying, finding the passion, your passions and marrying them with cannabis is really helpful. Like, you know, you, yours are obviously Bravo and, and 420 <laughs> and that's, that's super cool. It's, it's it, cannabis is becoming big enough and diverse enough to have niches, I guess is what, you know, is yeah. what I'm saying. And so, you know, I really appreciate that there's a cannabis niche now. There's actually yeah. this whole subset of media and social media accounts, as well as like, you know, more traditional media accounts that are all about, exploring the relationships between cannabis and women and moms specifically. So, you know, there is much more ability to like diversify and get, get niche now. So I I think, yeah, follow those passions, bring them in, show, you know, as much as you can, your, 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 your true self, because people want to be your friend you know, they don't want to be your customer. They want to be your friend. And, yeah. you know, so that's what social media is about. It's about creating relationships, creating connections, inspiring people or making them laugh or sharing some information um, or all of those things. So, you know, that's, that's my best advice. And that, that is what I try to do. Um, you know, we are thwarted constantly on the platforms, but yeah. people still want that, that content. People are still searching yeah. for cannabis material. And there's a lot of people still struggling under the stigmas and the stereotypes of prohibition who just yeah. want a little validation that, Oh, it's, yeah. okay. it's okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I totally agree. And I think people are looking for these communities where they can find, you know, other like-minded cannabis moms you have um, your own clubhouse, you said. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do in that group so that people can check it out? Sure. So it's actually with my friend Bianca from High Society Mama. Are you familiar with High Society Mama? Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. So so she, it's like her, her club, her rubric, and I come every week and she and I are really good friends. And we sort of come up with topics in advance and advertise them and once a week on Sundays for at least two hours, sometimes three oh, wow. or four. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we chat. Do you take pee breaks? 
Well, you know, we chat with a bunch of women. And so it's like, you know, we're taking turns talking and yeah. you know, sometimes like I'm also on you mute it. Yeah, yeah, we mute and I'm, I'm parenting and I'm making breakfast and whatever. And then I unmute. I'm like, oh, hey, I agree with that. Or yeah, go down that's that road. cool. That's it's cool. fun. It's a lot of fun. And just, you know, everything that affects Canamom. So we have different topics like, you know, cannabis and relationships, cannabis and, you know, health and well-being, how cannabis helps moms with parenting, you know, just all sorts of different topics. Yeah. And this again, like I said, it's the social media one because it's, a, it's an issue we're all dealing with. It is. And one thing um, when I decided, okay, I am going to make a career in the cannabis industry. I didn't know where to really turn to. I didn't know what I was doing, but um, one of the things that was really important to me, I have a blended family um, Mm -hmm. and I have four children. So there's there's uh, the family custody dynamic that always made me the most worried, like losing your children probably is the biggest fear that women have. And so for me, I was trying to just, okay, that's my fear. Let me pick it apart. Let me see. Okay. What am I most afraid of? My, maybe my stepdaughter's mother is going to say something or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I made sure I ha- I took little steps to make sure that I was not putting myself in a situation where somebody could, and maybe it's not my, anyone in my family, maybe it's the neighbor who calls CPS on me. I wanted to make sure that I was prepared to handle any kind of confrontation from them so that I felt confident to say, I am not doing anything wrong. And I challenge you, CPS or whoever, I mean, I don't challenge them <laughs> for real. <laughs> don't come after me. But, I mean, I wanted to make sure that I put all those things in place to ensure that no one can really say anything. I'm not doing anything illegal. I am not putting my children in harm. My children are well taken care of. Yeah. Where do you think like, or what do you recommend for women to keep themselves safe when, you know, in this situation? Because we're all, you know, as a can of mom, our children <laughs> Oh, any mom, our children are our most important thing, you know? So what do you, what do you hear from most people on how to protect themselves? Yeah, absolutely. You know, across the country, it varies so widely because of the, you know, really different layers of legal access and, you know, attitudes, you know, like I, I know a lot of California moms who are like, yeah, I'm, I'm not afraid of, you know, any right. major repercussions here, but some of them still can't even be open, like their teachers or, you know, right. they, because of their job. Um, and then, you know, ranging all the way from completely in the closet, you know, in the green closet can of moms who are like, I cannot tell a soul because I'm terrified that it will affect my, you know, my custody or something like that. Right. So it really just, it depends. I have a section of the book on like how, you know, how to determine how open you can be basically about your use and really depends on your state, your job, your co-parenting situation. Like you had mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, that's definitely an issue for a lot of people thinking about how an ex or, you know, a, an ex-spouse will, will, will see the situation, um, you know, but generally good practices are keep your cannabis in a lockbox at home, you know, mm-hmm. it's, that's just a good thing, keeping kids safe that way, educating kids to, you know, understand cannabis, be, to be respectful of it, 
you know, um, model responsible use in your own home, obviously, um, you know, like modulate your, your dose and your intake when you're parenting clearly, cause we, you know, to me, cannabis is about when it comes to my parenting, it's about helping me tune in better, not just like numbing out, like, oh gosh, I can't handle this. I need right. to, but like, how do I, how do I consume and then engage even better with that yes. family, with my kids? Yeah. So, you know, those sorts of things I think are really helpful. Um, you know, educating, just educating people in our lives as much as we can, as much as we feel comfortable with. Um, my book is a resource that I, I hope, you know, I know actually lots of moms use to say like, Hey, look, the science says that, you know, this is nourishing my endocannabinoid system and yeah. in the right amounts is actually healthy for me, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're, we're in this, we're still pushing the boulder up the hill Yeah. on this issue, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's a tough one. Um, and it's, it's sad for me. Like, I think that's what my passion comes from. Like, I don't want a woman to feel like she can't be honest about who she is or authentic to who she is because of judgment that is like completely warped from our history and prohibition and everything. But, um, sorry, you're in California, right? So I was in California when I started writing about cannabis, but I moved to I moved to Idaho. So I was in state. So how is the culture there? Do you have any local people that you connect with in the Canamom community at all? There are some. So there is a movement here to legalize, and I'm part of that movement. So you know, some of us are out here trying, <laughs> even in a place like this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the truth is that I mean, Idaho is surrounded by legal states. And Canada, you know, is our northern neighbor, federally mm-hmm. legal. Um, right. And so there's actually a lot of access for people who live in Idaho in all directions. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's no, there's not, I'm not going to say no, but there's not a lot of political will to actually change things here, Yeah, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I do have a small cannabis community that I know. We moved here a few months before the pandemic started. So honestly, it's been a weird moment to, to move to a new place and to move to a place where, there is no legal weed when I am clearly a cannabis advocate. It's like yeah. a weird, a weird chapter, but you know, that's, that's life. And I, I you know, we won't live here forever. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, sorry. That's just a little, my Bravo side coming out. <laughs> um, so what's in your future? What do you, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? Um, are you going to continue writing? Are you going to scale? What's your plan? Yeah, you know, I'm a writer. That's my main thing. And I've been doing a lot of podcasts and media and stuff in the last year. And I do enjoy doing that. I was actually shocked by how much I like talking fun, about it. right? It's fun. I, think I love a mic. <laughs> I know. I have a condition. It's called uh, loving a microphone too much. <laughs> like, don't bring me to karaoke if you want to sing, because I will sing the whole time. <laughs> I love it. And I'm, I'm more of a like reserved person, honestly, but it's been really fun to be out there and to be talking about the subject that I'm passionate about and that I see the real need for. Um, yeah. So I'm for now, I'm going to keep talking. I still, I freelance about um, cannabis and, and other subjects too, but mainly cannabis these days. I recently, um, you know, had some pieces in women in weed magazine. Do you, do you see I was going to ask you, I did see that you um, were published in there. How do I, is there like a, so they don't come out every month, right? It's like a quarterly thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
I think twice a year right now. Cause I, the first time I saw women in weed at Barnes and Noble, I was like, are you kidding me? And I got so excited, but then I was like at that time Googling it and there was only one or two editions and I was so bummed about it. Yeah, you know, know them? Like I, I want to work with them and help them like have a publication every, every month. <laughs> So it's published by Centennial Media, which is a pretty big publishing company. Um, they have a bunch of magazines. Um, but, you know, it's funny. Their web presence is really crappy. It's like the the distribution is great. You can find mm-hmm. it at Whole Foods and Target yeah. and Noble and Albertsons and places like that. I found it in the randomest stores. Yeah. <laughs> and even in Canada. My mom lives in Canada. But, um, but yeah, the, when you Google it, it's like, what is this? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I I know the editor. I can, I can connect you if you're interested. Yeah. Oh my God. I would love to work with them. That'd be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's kind of what I decided that I'm going to do with my journey. Bravo and Blaze was a way for me to find a niche to like enter the industry. But from here, I'm going to be teaching others, taking all my personal and professional experiences. um, My last I worked for, um, I was an IT consultant for 15 years and I worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers, Accenture, Capgemini, um, these very big consulting firms. And I helped, my last role, I helped grow the business from a little over 70 million to over 200 million when I left. So I, and I also have my health coach certification, my yoga certification. I'm taking all of those things I'm kind of like, uh, it's kind of like how you describe it, intersectional. I'm like taking professional development and, um, you know, for cannabis moms and creating a program for them so that they can learn how to enter the cannabis industry, how they can um, feel confident in speaking about it and in doing so in a professional way where, you know, because I know what's on the other side. I know the corporate life. And I know what we're up against. So I want to help, you know, fellow Canna moms learn how to navigate those waters and figure out how they can, you know, make a difference. Yeah. Well, there's a real need for that because I see so many um, specifically female entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs in the cannabis space who have like big plans and great products, but the business side of it is tough. And, yeah. and you're right. We're up against, you know, MSOs, multi-state operators that have millions of dollars in products, you know, product recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So yeah, I, I see that as a real, as a real need actually. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Cause I feel like I'm literally just figured this out like in the last couple of weeks, <laughs> I'm already, I almost haven't finished. I've been nonstop literally at my daughter's softball game last night when she was not playing, I was in my Evernote, on my phone, just Mm -hmm. creating the content. I'm so ready to go. And it's not, and I think the the reason why I'm so excited about it is because it's not just about me. It's about all can of moms out there or any woman actually, or any parent, anyone who Mm -hmm. wants to, who knows the injustice of cannabis in our country, the history, and who wants to make a change and so that our daughters don't have to feel ashamed for using cannabis or exploring cannabis during the different phases of their life when they're 
starting to have children? How does that play into their life? You know, like pregnancy and cannabis is a huge, huge question I get. That's the number one question. And I know there's people out there working on it and it's, um, it's a pretty tough topic, but it's still good to have that community, to have people out there talking about it, whether, you know, you're on one side or the other. Um, and then also postpartum. I mean, the, the different phases we go through as women is insane. And after <laughs> having all these kids, I'm like, I cannot believe that our culture and society has sustained this long without women just riding all over the place. <laughs> so for me, okay. it's like a, for a bigger picture, I want to empower others so that they can become, you know, the teach the next teacher, or maybe we're partners in a huge business that we you know, dominate in the country or globally, or maybe they, I can teach someone to start and then they wind up leading me and you or something, you know? So I just yeah. want to do something bigger than, you know, just for myself. So that's why I'm really I happy. agree so much, so much. I mean, empower, you, you said the word empowerment. And yeah. for me, that's what it's about. Like, that's what my book, my mission, my platform is about. It's about mom's empowerment. Like it's okay, it's okay to, you know, experiment with this plant medicine for your health and well-being. And, you know, so many moms that I've spoken to like you said, I was able to pull back from pharmaceuticals or get off them entirely yeah. or, you know, uh, get into, you know, a better relationship with my body or, you know, just. Yeah right in my mind so that mm -hmm. my daily paths are you know accessible and doable all those things like th there are huge benefits and I want moms to feel empowered to you know to experiment with if you start low go slow with clean cannabis you are it's very very low risk and that's yes. not we haven't been taught that you know so yeah not many people I, I it surprises me the lack of edu I mean it doesn't surprise me because I didn't know until you know the last few years but it's wild when you tell somebody like a fact about cannabis that they didn't know. And they're like, wait, what? You can make plastic out of hemp? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. There's so many ways. Like, it, it, you know, if, if I had my my way and people would buy this book, my next book would be about like how hemp and cannabis can save the world because- oh God, yes. Please yes. write that. <laughs> so many ways it's you know it's not just about the consumption side even though yeah. that's super important and it's medicine it's yes. you know it's wellness it's it's you know relaxation for so many of us and like there's the materials side of it there's yes. the, you know, what hemp can do for the environment and you know just to solve some of our, our crises right now so I would love to write that book I don't know if, if my agent is going to go for it but <laughs> we'll who's see. your agent I'll email them <laughs> I there's so much on that topic I mean I so when I first started my journey is like so all over the place like I've been nonstop for like the last four years trying to figure out where is my place in this industry and so at first I was looking at well maybe I like e-commerce let me look into that a little bit and I started looking at drop shipping and I wanted to but I for me, the most important thing was staying authentic and having and sticking with my values and my mission. And I was like, okay, well, e-commerce, like, how does that really fit in? Um, maybe I can sell hemp clothing. I love 
clothing, obviously who <laughs> everyone needs clothes <laughs> and hemp is it'll help our environment, you know, indirectly by people starting to consume more hemp clothing. And so I started doing the research. There isn't even, there aren't any hemp manufacturers in the U S because of our laws and like our prohibition has really created this landscape where we don't even have the infrastructure to plant weed once it's legal, you know, like we need reform. And so there's so many things it's like, I'm just, I'm, I'm passionate. <laughs> yes. I don't know what else I can say. I don't know how else to explain. It. I'm like sweating right now. Thinking about it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. I am passionate too, because, you know, I, I have experienced firsthand how transformative cannabis can be like, yeah. you know, it's, it, it sounds like, I think to people who don't really understand or haven't had that benefit from it, it's hard to wrap their heads around, but like, it is so beneficial for me. And so like, I'm passionate too. Like I know, okay. I, I feel that women have a particular like special relationship with the plants and mm-hmm. I just, you know, keep, keep spreading that information and get women more aware of, of possibilities here. Yes. I did read some study that, um, women, the hormones in our body, we actually are able to have a higher tolerance, I believe. Have you heard that? I have read that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's wild. Our tolerance changes like with our cycle too. Yes. That's wild and fascinating. Amazing. Like it, it bothers me too, that we, because it's federally illegal still, or I don't know, is it decriminalized? Whatever, it's nope. illegal. <laughs> it's not really legal, yeah. But yeah. um the fact that it's not legal, that prevents there's so many extra hurdles. Like we can't get funding for research to figure out like, well, how can it help with these certain conditions in people? Or how can it help in, you know, with children or at low doses and maybe maybe not THC? I don't know. Like there's so many things that we need to know and that we're not able to even learn because of the lack of funding because of what our government has done. So I'm going to stop talking about that because mm. I'm sweating on my life. <laughs> yeah, no, it's we're, we're, we're in a state, that's for sure. But, <clears throat> but things are slowly changing. There is some movement at the federal level. I think it's going to take a few more years before we actually get there. You know, there might be some movement on banking first. Um, yes, I would love to yeah. see that. I'm always like, I celebrate every single tiny movement that's forward. I get pumped. I'm a little bit on the skeptical side sometimes. You know how there's always people are like, it's never going to happen. And and then other people are like, no, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So like I go kind of back and forth, but yeah, I'll celebrate any single win, win and banking, I think is going to be huge. Cause when I go to the dispensary, I have to use cash every time. And mm-hmm. that's so ridiculous. It like, is ridiculous. There's digital currency now and cannabis has to use paper cash. Like <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, well, you know, the best way to find out what I'm up to is uh, on Instagram at Danielle Simone Brand. I usually put in my stories, whatever events I'm doing. I do a couple of weekly shows, actually one on Sundays and one on Wednesdays. And 
constantly coming out with the new events for Canon Moms. So awesome. that's, that's just a great way to keep in touch. And then my book is available on um, any place basically that you buy your books with a big A that I don't have to say, as well <laughs> as um, if people want to support their local bookstores, they can always go in and, and ask them to order it, which is lovely for the bookstore oh, and nice for authors. Yeah, too. that would yeah. be great. Well, thank you so much for being here. I will include all the links to your social media and where to get your book in the show notes. Thank you again. I really appreciate you coming on. Sorry, I'm so wild. No, you're so much fun. Thank you, Jenny. I really, I love it. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to Bravo and Blaze on your favorite podcast platform, YouTube, and your favorite social media platforms. I'm mostly active on Instagram, but I have pretty much all of them. And if you're interested in being a guest or a sponsorship for the next season of Bravo and Blaze, please reach out. Like I mentioned earlier, make sure to sign up for the Cannabis Mom Boss updates for all new community events, programs, workshops, retreats, partnerships, etc. that we'll be bringing you in the upcoming months link in the show notes or you can go to cannabismomboss.com. Also, if you are local to the Capital District area in upstate New York, make sure to follow Capital District Cannamoms on Instagram. I have created a new account for local events. And once I am free of childcare duties, I am able to work full time. And I'm going to be hitting the pavement and partnering with amazing local businesses to bring you in-person events. Hello, amazing. So stay tuned. Also, if you want to be involved in my mission to empower other women in the cannabis industry and want some one-on-one mentorship, please reach out to me for an opportunity as a Cannabis Mom Boss Intern.